Welcome into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to, a full weekend of BYU sports to catch you up on. BYU basketball rolls in a victory over Portland or bounce back from the loss to St. Mary's earlier in the week last week. We'll recap that. Also continuing on with our all-decade team for the BYU football program, our specialist position or our flex position will be the honoree today. We'll get to that as well as catching up on all the other BYU sports news you need to know about. This podcast is proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. And thank you guys once again for your continued support of the show. With that rundown out of the way, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for January 13th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast, all focused on BYU sports. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news, the insider information, and everything else you can't find anywhere else. Each and every day we are with you, and thanks again for downloading the show. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Wherever you listen to podcasts, download the show, subscribe, so that way you never miss an episode, and thanks again for supporting the podcast. Let's start off today talking BYU basketball. The Cougars bounce back from a loss at St. Mary's without Yoli Childs with a big-time win over Portland. And I have to say big-time because, well, they rolled out to what? It was a 24-2 lead to start the game. Uh, BYU's offense went off in this game, scoring 96 points in regulation, kind of reminiscent of the older um, Dave Rose teams from years past as BYU just rolled to a victory, but I'm really impressed with what BYU did in this game. They shot 52.1% in field goals, 50% from beyond the arc. Zach Selyus led all players with 21 points while hitting 5 of 5 of his shots from the three-point stripe. His season high in 21 points. And then TJ Haas, his first career double-double, scoring 13 points and dishing out 14 assists. This was a fun game to watch if you liked the offense. BYU, defensively, okay, yeah, I understand there's some angst about letting Portland score 70 points, etc., but you handled business. That's all you care about. BYU, as long as Yoli Childs is out, and if the one- to two-week time frame is actually legitimate that Mark Pope mentioned in the lead-up to the St. Mary's game, you just got to continue to tread water. You're probably not going to have Yoli Childs against Gonzaga this coming Saturday night in your showdown up there in the McKean, uh, not the McKean Pavilion, up there at the, the kennel up there in Spokane, Washington, but you just got to continue to tread water. You got to take care of business against San Diego on Thursday night at the Marriott Center and then head into that game against Gonzaga and if you can acquit yourself well if you just battle essentially and don't get blown out by Gonzaga which is easier said than done trust me I think you'll be okay. I liked what BYU did in this game against Portland. You just took care of business. You made sure that the pilots didn't have any opportunity to think, you know what, we got a chance here. You raced out to a 24-2 lead. You just absolutely blitzed them off the floor. So credit to Mark Pope and his staff for keeping their players engaged. I thought it was a solid win for BYU as they now turn their attention to getting ready for a home game against uh, USD San Diego, who knocked you out of the West Coast Conference tournament in blowout fashion a year ago. Granted, San Diego graduated the majority of their top contributors in that game 
this past offseason, and they're 0-4 in West Coast Conference play so far, so it should be an easier matchup on paper than it has been in the past facing off against the Toreros. And then you have number one ranked Gonzaga coming up on Saturday night, and BYU's done relatively well, all things considered, up there in Gonzaga, but without Yoli Childs, it's going to probably be a tough stretch to see BYU winning that game. If Yoli Childs is able to return from injury for that game, that's a big-time addition. I just wonder how limited he will be because having an open wound on your index finger, he had that open uh, dislocation of that index finger where it came out of the skin. The biggest issue is making sure that wound isn't going to reopen and start bleeding all over the place and cause more issues. You want to make sure that's fully taken care of. If he has to to undergo surgery, he's going to be out longer than the one to two week timeline, but everything they're saying right now coming out of the BYU basketball program is they expect him to be out shorter time than longer time, and we'll see how that shakes out for him, but they need Yoli Childs back as soon as possible. The biggest thing for BYU is keep taking care of business against the business against the teams that are not named Gonzaga and St. Mary's in West Coast Conference play. BYU very nearly came up with a win on the road at St. Mary's. Had they won that, that would have been just a marquee win for them without Yoli Childs really looking towards uh, tournament selection time. The nice part for the Cougars right now is they're still considered to be plus 90 percent, 90 plus 90 plus percent chance of making the NCAA tournament, and that's a great sign for. BYU. They've done a lot of this season. A lot of the hard work this season has come without Yoli Childs in the lineup. You'd like to see him get healthy in time for the postseason, obviously. But the biggest thing right now is for the Cougars against teams like San Diego this week on Thursday night. Just take care of business. It's the whole survive in advance. Don't take any bad losses, which a game like Portland or a San Diego would be. And then when you have your big opportunities, this week, number one, Gonzaga on the schedule. You just got to go out there and acquit yourself well and hope that it's enough come the end of the season when the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee makes their picks. The nice part is, is all the projections still have BYU very firmly in the mix to make the postseason the NCAA Tournament for the first time in four seasons, and that's the positive, or that's the overall positive you're looking at, saying, you know what? We've got an opportunity here if you're the BYU men's basketball program. Just take care of business and worry about worry about the rest when it comes but the nice part is you're currently projected still to make the NCAA tournament so there you go some of my thoughts on BYU basketball taking care of business in blowout fashion over Portland and now they get ready for San Diego on Thursday night and of course that big time showdown up there in the kennels in Spokane on Saturday night we'll break more of that down as the week progresses we'll be out at practice talking with players and coaches getting you some of their thoughts on these upcoming games so stay tuned for all of that right here on Locked on Cougars all right come up here in just a minute we're going to switch gears get into our all decade team we're going to talk about our flex position honoree today as our rollout of the all decade team continues right here on locked on cougars before we do that though a reminder for you guys I want you guys to give us a rating and review on whichever podcaster you're listening to us on on this on for this podcast. You're probably thinking, why do you always talk about this, Jake? Well, I can tell you this much, guys. Those ratings and reviews help the podcast providers, speaking of like Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, when they see people giving a podcast reviews, they actually go out and promote it on the channel it's on their channels itself. They make sure that it's one of the top podcasts that people can find. It's easier to be found. It's promoted by the podcast providers, etc. So 
when you guys do that, and it doesn't take but but a moment really to do it. You just hit the button, whatever f- f- star rating you want, particularly on Apple Podcasts, and I hope it's a five-star review that you'll give us. It really does help get the word out about the podcast and build the audience. We're still continuing to see strong download numbers early on in the new year here, but I want to thank you guys in advance for taking a minute, giving us that rating and review, and helping continue to build this podcast audience because we aim to be everybody, every BYU fan's one-stop shop for all the BYU news they need to know and one way to do that is give us that rating and review and i thank you in advance for doing that all right guys our all decade team for byu football continues to roll on here our past honorees we've taken care of essentially the specialist positions our punter was riley stevenson a second team ap all-american our kicker was trevor sampson byu's career leader in conversion percentage in field goal kicks and then our returner was adam Hine, one of the most electrifying returners in recent history for byu doesn't necessarily have the stats that really blow you away but it was a great player in his own right now we're going to go with our flex position or our specialist position depends on which all-star team or whatever kind of metric you want to look at in the NFL Pro Bowl they call it the flex position where it's essentially is an all-purpose player and the player we're going to honor today is Aleva Hifo a guy who just finished his career in a BYU uniform and I thought really had a great career all things considered for the Cougars despite not necessarily having monster t- statistics in his career he was part of uh, Kalani Sitake's first recruiting class Aleva came in and played four straight years, all four years of the Kalani Satake tenure so far. He's been a regular guest here on the podcast. We've talked with him multiple times. Back in December, we talked with him about his career, and he just said, it's been an honor to be here playing for Kalani Satake. And he's had a solid career, I think, all things considered, just looking at what he has done. As a wide receiver for BYU, he's played in essentially every game in his BYU career outside of one this season. Total for his career, 1,336 receiving yards along a 75 which came earlier this season he had a 70 yard touchdown bomb a year ago in 2018 in that bowl game against uh, Western Michigan in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl for his career seven touchdowns was a regular kick returner for BYU early on in his career but tailed off on that but became one of the better punt returners in BYU's recent memory especially this past season had 14 punt returns for 222 yards it's an average of 15.8 yards per return along a 52 there and I think Aleva Hifo his ability to contribute rushing receiving in the return game makes him the perfect candidate for our flex position or the all-purpose player in a BYU uniform. Aleva leaving now and heading off to the NFL and I'm here, my, my, my thought, let's take a minute actually time out. Let's diverge off that for a second. My thought on Aleva Hifo is he's probably not going to get drafted in the NFL draft coming up in April, but I would expect he's going to get a free agent deal, be able to be signed as an undrafted free agent. And if he gets into the right situation for himself, and he's, I, I think that he's going to find himself in a good spot because Aleva's got the ability to contribute in multiple facets. And in the NFL, it's all about being able to be multifaceted, especially if you're not one one of the top, let's say, 15 to 20 players at your respective position. I don't expect Aleva Hifo is going to be a top 20 slot receiver in the NFL next year, but if he's able to show that he can contribute both in the return game, kick return, punt return, and also just be that multidimensional player on offense, 
you could find himself. You could. I'm thinking of Leva. He could find himself making an NFL roster in 2020. He's got to find the right situation for himself. The nice part is he's got Evan Brennan, a guy that here locally along the Wasatch Front is a guy who's very in tune with guys who are undrafted free agents or maybe low round draft picks, and making sure they're right in the right, they're put in the right situation for themselves to get themselves some money. He's working with a great agent for I think his situation because, like I said, I don't expect Leva to be drafted in the NFL draft unless a team really falls in love with his skill set. But as an undrafted free agent, a guy like Evan Brennan, who works here at United Athletes Sports, he actually works out of Salt Lake City, a guy who graduated from BYU, represents a number of athletes in the NFL. I can guarantee you this, Evan Brennan and Aleva Heath are going to work to find the right situation for Aleva to potentially have an opportunity to go in and win a roster spot in the NFL. I'm rooting for Aleva. I thought he was a great player, a great representative of BYU during his career. I'm hoping that his football career continues to roll on in a large degree because I look at what he has done for the Cougars throughout his career, and he's been nothing short of brilliant, I feel like, because he's just been a guy who's been a steady contributor when wherever you needed him. You put him in the slot, he contributed there. You put him as an outside wide receiver, he did well there. You put him as a returner, he was quite capable of that. The fact that he's willing to do special teams, play special teams, and stand out as a special teams ace is going to benefit him moving forward into the pro ranks, and that's why I wanted to honor Aleva Hifo as our all-purpose slash flex player on the Locked On Cougars all-decade team for the BYU football program. So we're now four players in. We're going to get into the offense and defensive play players over the coming days and weeks. We've got 22 positions still to go, and it's going to be a ton of fun to break this down for you guys. Feel free to weigh in anytime you want with your thoughts. Follow the show, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Would love to hear from you guys, and obviously you can always drop the show a note via email, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. It's a blast to hear from you guys. Got some great questions rolling in, and it's fun to talk with you guys about these players because I got a text actually from a fellow media member last week when I introduced Adam Hine as the kick returner or the returner on the All-Decade team, and he said that had Hine returned the kick against Utah, we talked about this, the kick that was called back for a phantom holding call was against the University of Utah. He said had that kick kick return actually stood for a touchdown, he would have picked uh, Adam Hine as his returner of the decade, but they ultimately decided to go with another player on their all-decade team. And I get that. I absolutely get that. But I just felt like the way that Aleva Hifo contributed in so many different facets, he wasn't just simply a returner. So I couldn't put him as the returner because I'd be denigrating what he did on offense for BYU during his football career. So Aleva Hifo, our all-purpose slash flex player in the locked-on Cougars all-decade team, will continue to roll on throughout the coming days and weeks as we run down the 22 offensive and defensive players on our all-decade team, and it's a blast to be doing this. It's cool to research players and coaches that are well, not coaches per se. I think our coach of the decade. I'm, I'd be actually a good debate. We should do that. Should we do coach of the decade? It's not a bad idea. We'll have to think about that. It'd essentially be Bronco Mendenhall versus Kalani Satake. Who do you prefer? But we'll talk about that as well throughout the coming days and weeks, and it's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Hey, we're going to get to the rest of BYU sports news you need to know from the weekend that was. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, when you guys are driving around in your car or just at home – 
spending some time, you can listen to this podcast with your downtime and make sure you're always up to date on the BYU news. And all you got to do, and you can do this hands-free, tell your smart device, your smartphone, your smart speaker, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and that way you always stay up to date with all of the BYU news you need to know. It makes it real simple. Our smart devices make our life simpler, and this is a very simple way to stay up to, up to date on all the BYU news you need to know each and every day. So once again, wherever you're at, driving around, doing your honey-do list, errands, etc., or just at home with some downtime, tell your smart device, play podcast Locked On Cougars. That way you always stay up to date with all of the BYU news you need to know. All right, guys, catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news before we go on this Monday edition of Locked on Cougars. Let's start off on the hardwoods with the women's basketball team. They blew out San Diego 52-36 to at home on Saturday at the Marriott Center. Brenna Chase Drollinger led the way with 13 points along with logging a season-high 9 assists and a career-high 6 steals. So a pretty well-rounded effort from Drollinger as BYU picks up a big win. They'll be back in action later this week. They're on the road at Pacific on Thursday night and also at St. Mary's on Saturday. The Pacific game will be Thursday, January 16th at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. And then Saturday afternoon, they'll face off against St. Mary's at 3 o'clock Mountain Time. Both links will be on the WCC Network streaming online. Number three ranked men's volleyball program swept Penn State on in both matches over the weekend, uh, winning the second match 25-19, 25-22, 25-21. BYU now off to a 4-0 start on the season. Davide Gardini is just been awesome. He recorded a match high 11 kills on a 474 hitting clip on Saturday night, added a f- career high five block assists and two digs. BYU uh, hit it 328 in their f- second win over the Nittany Lions, who are now 0-2 on the season. So a fantastic showing over the weekend for men's volleyball. They're back on the road this weekend. They're taking on Mount Olive for the first time in program history in Mount Olive, North Carolina. That'll be Friday night at 7 o'clock Eastern time. That'll be 5 o'clock Mountain time. We'll make sure to have any updates on links to watch this match in action later on this week. On the men's and women's track and field, they had the BYU indoor invite, and Jaslyn Gardner set a school record in the 60-meter dash to headline BYU's stellar showing in the first meet of the year. Gardner set the school record in the 60-meter dash with a time of 7.39 seconds. She now holds the both indoor and outdoor 100-meter school records. That's pretty impressive for Jaslyn Gardner, and congratulations to her and the rest of the BYU men's and women's track and field teams. A lot of them set personal records records and some of them actually already set NCAA indoor championship qualifying marks in that tournament. BYU men's and women's track and field will be back in action at the Air Force invite this coming Friday at the Air Force Academy's Cadet Fieldhouse. So stay tuned for that later on this week. A uh, couple final notes for you is the men's, sorry not the men's gymnastics, women's gymnastics team finished second at the Rio Tinto Best of Utah final uh, event up there at the Maverick Center on Saturday night. Congratulations to junior Abby Miner. She actually won the overall all-around title in the tournament as BYU finished second behind number four ranked Utah. Uh, BYU finished with a 195.575 score. Southern Utah finished 194.650 and Utah State at 194.150. Utah won it with a 197.000. So congratulations to Utah on the win, but BYU women's volleyball, another solid showing for them in that best of Utah invite. 
Unified. They'll be back in action this Saturday when a host UCLA and Utah State in a tri-meet at 6 o'clock Mountain Time in the Marriott Center. So you can get out and watch that this coming Saturday night if you're interested. And the final note for you guys with BYU Sports is the men's and women's swimming and diving team took 23 first place wins against Grand Canyon to win their dual meet on both the men's and women's side. So congratulations to the men's and women's swimming and diving programs in that victory. All right, final thing for you guys is that the NFL playoffs, the divisional round is over. We have some players moving on to the NFC and AFC title game. Let's run down how the four players that were in action yesterday did in terms of former Cougars in the pros. Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers advanced to the NFC division and NFC championship game with their 28 to 23 victory over the Seattle Seahawks. Williams had a very uh, minute role in this game, actually only just one carry for three yards and one catch for nine yards in the victory. On the other side of that game was Ezekiel Ansah, but he was not active for the contest. He'll be a free agent this coming offseason. It will be interesting to see where he ultimately lands and if he's able to kind of rebuild his career after having multiple injuries in recent seasons that have really limited his ability to participate. On the other side of the NFC Championship will be the San Francisco 49ers. They roughed up the Minnesota Vikings 27-10. Fred Warner, the starting middle linebacker for the 49ers, finished with seven tackles, four of them solo in that victory. So it'll be Jamal Williams versus Fred Warner in the NFC Championship. The Niners versus the Packers throwing me back to my childhood in the 1990s watching these two teams battle for NFC supremacy. I'm excited to watch that game. One final note for you is that Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs will be headed to the AFC Championship where they will host the Tennessee Titans. He had two great plays in their 51-31 win over the Houston Texans, speaking of the Chiefs and Sorensen. He had a tackle on a fourth down conversion attempt on a fake punt. Just a phenomenal read. He kind of mirrored the up back and just went and made the tackle. He also forced a fumble on a kickoff return, which turned into a touchdown as well. Sorensen led the Chiefs with nine tackles in the game, five of them solo in that victory. A fantastic, fantastic showing for Daniel Sorensen, and I'm looking forward to this. I'm hoping we get to see a Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl. We'll see what happens this coming weekend in the NFC and AFC Championship games. Be nice to see BYU Cougars on either side of that game coming up. The good part is, it looks like, at least from the NFC side of things, we'll have at least one former Cougar in the Super Bowl and that is the positive news if you're a BYU fan. Alright, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. We'll be back tomorrow talking BYU football, basketball and of course everything else going on in BYU sports news. Our all-decade team rolls on. We'll have our transfer portal updates for you. We'll have everything for you. we got a mailbag segment later this week. Have an interview with a coach or a player from BYU men's basketball. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU news and insider information you can't find anywhere else, so stay with us each and every day. This has been Locked On Cougars for January 13th, 2020.